I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and thank you for joining me. The holidays are upon us. We have Thanksgiving coming up, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, tons of other holidays, obviously. And with the holidays comes a lot of emotional baggage, a lot of family drama, a lot of unhealed pain and stuff from the past. A lot of people struggle being around their families for the holidays. And this episode is for you. Dolores Gill is back for another episode where we talk about all the different dynamics and at the end, some solutions to help you get through this season with love, compassion, and joy. Well, my friends, like I said, I'm so honored to have Dolores Gill back on the podcast. Dolores, thanks for coming back on. I'm excited for this episode. This is, this is an important one. I feel, I mean, our last one was important too, but I know just during the season that so many people are going through stuff, the holidays upcoming and, and I'm glad to have you back on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be back. I think this is a, definitely a topic of, you know, continuation in our series. Yes, that's right. That's right. Of humanity and humanness, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. I think, um, one of the things we were talking about before we recorded was, you know, I just want people to have compassion on one another, especially during these seasons where so many feel guilt and obligation to be around family. And I always, mm. you know, what does that even, I hate that we have allowed the power structures to push this term family in a sense of guilt and obligation. And um, I like to think of family as anyone that shows me unconditional love and that usually is not the the bloodline family that I come from or most of us come from. So excited to talk about this. Yeah, I think it's going to it's a very relevant topic over the last few years. Right. Uh, coming out, I mean, pre pandemic, pandemic mm-hmm. and post pandemic, uh, I think it'll go down in the history books yeah. as the most temperamental, uh, spectacular event that happened to humans that got manipulated and has left us in a very interesting place without guidance, right? And it's up to us collectively uh, together to talk through this Hmm. and see which side do we want to end up on. Right, right. You know, and should we just plunge in? Let's do it. Let's go. go. Okay. So I think first things first that I want to cover that I think is super important for everyone to think about is two key words, mm. alone and loneliness, mm. right? I think having that framework can allow people to come with us where we go for the next hour. Mm. I love it. Right? Yep. In the vocabulary of the creation of the word alone simply means singular, you're by yourself. No one is around you. 
and there's no negative or positive coding around it. Right. Solamente, right? Just by yourself, singular. And then lonely is really an adjective mm. that was created to define something, a state where you feel disconnected mm. from um, others, be it family or non-family, doesn't matter, right. right? And so I think if we begin to look at that framework and then apply it to the holidays, maybe we'll level set mm. uh, what's really going on. And then a couple other historical factors that I think are super important is that holidays evolved. Mm. There were celebrations, right? Until they were frameworked in the word holy, really tying it into holy, yep. right? So yep. somewhere along the way, there was an artificial constraint wrapped around the word celebration to make it sound like holiday and that it really had to be tied to religious or something else. Yeah. Yep. Right. And then another layer on top of it is these holidays were really mandated or created by clergy and governments. Mm -hmm. yep. The ones that the governments created was a recognition of certain events and putting them into our calendar. So we would have time off the clergy on the other hand was trying to wrap things around and divide from paganism or other celebrations that they did not approve of. Right. 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 And then the other historical layer is most celebrations and holidays were not about family. Mm. They were about communities. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was about the village celebrating solstice, the village celebrating whatever, Right. And then the villages and communities got bigger and then they got structure. And then with structure comes, you know, somebody's ruling thought process right. that comes in. And then I think the last sort of historical thing I want to put in is you ready for this? You're not going to get mad at me. No, no. Okay. It's marketing and advertising. <laughs> exactly. The, the, Money drove the design in somebody's mind. Oh my God, we could create these ads, right? And I don't think they were coming from a malicious place, right? Don't get me wrong. Like in the genesis of advertising in the old days, like volumes were not that big and it was kind of, you know, and, and I'm honestly going to say a bunch of guys sitting in a boardroom, yep. putting together what the campaign might look like. Yep. And they framed what was their ideology, the good wife at home, baking the cookies yeah. and the turkey and that whole framework. And then we have lock, stock and bar barrel bought into it. Right. Right. Without any conscious thought process of dang, my family doesn't look like that. Or I don't really do that. Oh my God. Then I must be horrid or something's mm -hmm. wrong with my life. If my life doesn't look like that. So, I think that's the framework premise I want to set for everyone. And hopefully everyone listening, your thought process is exploding at this point in time and starting to join the dots. Right. I'm going to pause there for a second and let you chime in. Well, I think, I think you're spot on where 
it was community and it was celebration and whatever the season was, there was times, you know, there was Thanksgiving for the harvest season. There was Thanksgiving for the abundance of food season. There's Thanksgiving for, you know, so many, um, the seasons are death, burial, and resurrection. Winter is death. The spring is resurrection and the burial is the darkness. And there's, you know, and the, the shortest day of the year and the longest day of the year and all these different things that they would celebrate because they knew nature was in process of providing abundantly for them. And yeah, religion comes and lays a filter over our existence and then divides immediately. <laughs> and it's sad where there's so much division in family homes anyway, and there's so much division in society that, I mean, um, Jesus said originally, but then Abraham Lincoln quoted it. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. <coughs> and it's like, we have division in homes. We have division in society where it's just fractured. And then what happens with the marketing and advertising is it makes it feel like it's all one and everything's good and happy and smiley. And, and it's, it feels like a form of gaslighting at a very high level, all of society, which then adds to the feeling of loneliness. Right. Yeah. And we begin to be fed, right? Right. On that. So, I mean, if you remember the ads, like over the evolution of all the ads over the decades, right? And I remember sitting and watching a program. Oh my God, it might have been 10 years where they uh, they took the historical ads and threw them all together in in uh, so like a long thing on YouTube or something like that. I'm sure folks can can find it and how ads have changed over the coming over the years, right? And it's very very hard to disregard <clears throat> the impulses that are coming at you, right? let's be honest most of us don't want to sit around and think no like you and i do i mean <laughs> yeah it's true that's why media is so effective people just want to be told and consume you know consume right. information yes and so the moment you want to be told you are now groomed mm. and when you are groomed imagine what happens you have been groomed to react you have been groomed to buy you have been groomed to feel mm. i mean you and I both went to the same education. What were we told? Cater and write your ads and your marketing content for a 12-year-old. Yep. Yep. Right? We were never told, like, I mean, good old University of Washington, right? Great school. Yeah. That's what we're writing to. That's what yep. we were told. Don't use big words. Don't use right. complicated words. Don't get too verbose. Don't get carried away. Just snapshot moments and what it is, right? So right. I've been there, I've designed some of those ads, but you know, I've been more mindful about the type of messages I put out. And so I think now you now we've laid the premise of what's going on, right? And let's come back to the current context of what do we grow up with, mm. right? So our parents got the messaging and you know, to the audience, right? All of you know what you grew up with. And then imagine what your parents grew up with and what their grandparents grew up with, right? So the way I was growing up, I don't think I ever felt the pressure that Americans felt in my country. Hmm. And where did you, just for those that didn't hear the first episode, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Singapore, right? Multiracial, multicultural, 
tons of holidays and um, we actually celebrated each other's holidays. So mm -hmm. I'll give an instance when I was in primary school, Oh my God, I looked forward to Chinese New Year. Looked forward to Chinese New Year, right? Everybody looks at me and say, you're not Chinese. I know that, right? But what I loved about it was our teachers always invited us to their, to their homes. Mm, sweet. Most of our Chinese teachers opened up their homes to all the students on the Chinese. And usually you made sure you went before two o'clock. Because mm. dinner time, chop gourmet is for the families, right? right. So we would go and bad children. We love those little red envelopes, you know, the ang pao that oh. we all get, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So every teacher gave us a little ang pao. Sometimes it was five cents, seven cents, odd numbers and stuff like we count how many we got, you know, and there'd be all sorts of cookies and drinks and stuff. And uh, our parents all got us new outfits for every celebration, not just our own, but, you know, culturally going for that. And of course, I think there was family involved, but there was the community, right? Right. And the, oh my God, tons of firecrackers and everybody came out and did stuff like that. And so some of my memories are not really family. Mm. It's the celebration. It's the community. And then when I came to the U.S., I noticed a different flavor. Uh, Chinese New Year is kind of quiet, right? Yeah. yeah. In this country. Yeah. Um. Diwali, Dipavali, it's picking up a little bit now. Chinese New Year is picking up a little bit. Uh, Hari Raya Haji, Hari Raya Puasa, uh, Ramadan, the Muslim ones, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, you know, things like um, Tai Pusam, which is kind of crazy celebration. Mm. Don't let me forget. I got to share that with everyone. <laughs> and so when you begin to look at that framework of the openness of the celebration, it put a different tone, a different spin. I wasn't being pulled and segregated and made to feel bad. I was hanging out with my mom and dad. I could hang out with my best friends. I could hang out with people of that culture. Right. It was all very cool. And my parents never said like, no, you can't do this. Right. And then we in turn opened up our houses for all the other folks to come with what was going on. Mm. And so I'll give you an instance. Tai Pusam is a celebration. I honestly don't know what God or whatever, but it's in South India where the folks who are going to carry the, the swords and the needles and pins and have their body pierced do a special spiritual diet for mm. about a month, what I'm told. Like they don't do, I think, dairy products. They don't do meat and they lose weight. And then they have like two feet long, three feet long uh, skewers. Can't think of any other word. Wow. Going through all parts of their body. And then they, they walk from one temple to another in the heat, Singapore tropical heat. Wow. And then they have this chanting that goes on, Ali, Ali, Veil, Veil. I have no idea what that means, but oh, as a little kid, I'm like clapping with and joining the pods and Ali, Ali, Veil, Veil. And Chinese people, Malay people, Indian people, the Europeans, the Israelis who live there all joined in and we'd be on the streets, you know, celebrating these people who had made sacrifice for 30 days, just yeah. uh, penance. That's what it was, similar to the Christian penance. But, yeah. you know, um, God, why am I drawing a blank? The one in April that people give up certain things for Catholics. Ooh, oh, darn well, it. Lent, like more like Lent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. In terms, but with the culmination, you wore that nails and skewers and lemons were sewn onto your body or you carried a special altar type of a thing. 
they were community. And it didn't matter what race you were, what culture you were. We joined in. And then there was a big free dinner afterwards at the ending temple for everyone. Wow. We love that too. So where are we headed? What have we done in our country? And I won't touch all the others because I can't speak for Europe or China or India, but I can speak to our country. We have lost the balance between advertising and ourselves. People who are sitting in corporate offices do have a certain obligation to be mindful of what they're putting out. And then we layer in technology that's come in. It's created more disfranchising, more guilt, more mental problems for a lot of young people. And we're walking wounded. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your goal and my goal today is to tell everyone and say, yo, wake up. Hmm. You don't owe anybody anything. Right. You want to be alone? Do it. If you're at peace being alone with yourself over a holiday, so be it. There's yep. no rules. God's not going to show up and punish you. That's right. That's and right. if you have a straightforward relationship with your family, no matter what, you can always say, I need to be alone. And I will tell you, over the years, <clears throat> I've had massive holidays. I've had sad holidays. Hmm. And I've had alone holidays. And I don't put them in the sad bucket. Like being alone in London or Malta or Hong Kong or even here by myself and just exploring those moments. Hmm. Because the reality is, no matter what somebody wants to feed you, the day you wake up is the only day that you have to be present in it. Because the past is gone. Right? The yep. future is like a <clears throat> goalpost out there. Yep. That you have, you know, getting ready to kick your ball and hopefully goes into the end zone and woohoo, you get your six points. Yeah. Right? But still out there. Mm. What are you gonna do right now today? Right. When you have a choice, constantly have a choice. Mm. Every moment, every single breath you take is a choice. You can hold your breath and die if you want to, but we don't. Right. So why are we not being conscious of any particular day, no matter what it's labeled? Right. If it applies to you. Right. And so what do you think? Where have you gone with your holidays? Hmm. Well, The family, the nuclear family that I came from detonated when I was in my mid thirties. So I have this, (laughs) this image, even though I didn't enjoy being around uh, my nuclear family, nor the extended family, but on one side of my family, I come from a massively large extended family. My dad's one of 13 kids and huge, huge, huge family. And they get together every Easter, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. And, um, and I used to enjoy some of that. Uh, and then on my mom's side was 
more syrupy, more like kind of touchy feely. And, and I did not enjoy that. But as I got older, I felt like I had to go like now I'm in my twenties, I'm married and now I have kids and I still felt like I have to go to continue this tradition for my parents or some other generation. And it made me feel suffocated and I, and I ended up really hating it. I hated going and it wasn't until I broke free of all the trauma. I mean, literally detonated everything in my life. Just, I, I couldn't, I could not continue the path I was on that I was able to look at everything. And I, and I freed myself from every obligation, every family structure, every, I mean, truly I had to become free in every aspect of my life and choose into any relationship that I kept. It was by my choice. It was no longer by obligation. So when that happened, I could breathe. I was like, I could finally breathe. And Thanksgiving became, well, what do I want to do? You know, I use Thanksgiving because that's coming up. But, you know, what do I want to do for Thanksgiving? What does Thanksgiving look like for me and my wife and my children? What does Hanukkah look like for our family? What does, you know, Christmas look like for our family? What does Shabbat on, you know, on the weekends look like, what does Passover look like? What does Easter look like? Do we even still celebrate Easter? Do we, I mean, I started looking at everything because I come from both lines. Um, And I just resonate so much and I have so much compassion for people that hate going to their family functions and feel like they have to, because Mm -hmm. they don't want to disappoint their family. I, I joke around that I come from the Super Bowl of guilt, the Catholic guilt and the Jewish guilt. It's like no, no group can guilt you better than those two. Uh, I used yeah. to say, I, I talked to my parents. Oh, we miss you. I was just at your house yesterday. I know, but we miss you. <laughs> you know, that's the the thing always miss. And um, it used to weigh heavily on me. And I feel so much compassion, especially when I lead men's retreats and do a lot of these healing retreats with people. They talk about the, just the, the heaviness of the obligation of going with their family. Not so much what holiday it is, but I think if people are honest, they don't like their families. They don't like a lot of the obligated relationships that they're under. So I want to like circle back to uh, your parents saying, I miss you, right? Yeah. The day before and I'm there. Yeah. So here's the interesting, like me sitting over here going, Maybe that's like just wired in to let you know how much they love you. Instead of saying, I love you, I miss you. Mm. And maybe, maybe, what if you were to say, well, thank you for missing me. I really appreciate that. And I miss you too, but I've got to do this on my own. Like, you know, sometimes it's how we see it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because... The hate is not coming for the holidays. No, no. It's coming from the way the relationship has been designed, right? right. And so I think what we should tell everyone is separate the holidays and look at your relationship. I think that's right. That's what needs work. Don't blame the holiday. Yes, yes. Right? You can blame the advertising companies a little bit. Go right ahead. I support that. But, you know... All joking aside, everything comes, the high moments, the sad moments, the lousy moments, it's always about the interactions. 
I think you can be dirt poor and have a great interaction. You could be a billionaire and have bad interaction and they're exactly the same. doesn't matter whether you're in the ghettos or living, you know, Palo Alto in a $90 million house, whatever the hell it happens to be. Yeah. And the reality is we don't, I know this is going to sound really awful. I think in America, people seem to have put a framework of not being super direct most of the time. Mm. And so it creates a lot of layers. And then someday you got 15 layers in between all the stuff. And it's very hard to peel them all back. Yeah. You know, versus just being super direct. Um for the fear of somebody saying, oh, you're cold or you're callous or you don't care. No, it's got nothing to do with all that, right? right? It's preservation. Yeah. And what are you preserving yourself from? Right? Are you a pickle? Mm. I just put you in vinegar and put it away? No. It's about understanding dogmatically that we are supposed to get skills and build skills in the relationship aspect. Hmm. Yeah. And, I, but I will say something to this because this, the, yes, it's, it's not, I think so often, cause I'm, I'm like, yes. And we can only do what we can do for ourselves. We can't change yes. anyone. So if it's an unhealthy relationship and we do our part of, do you know to heal ourselves but it's still a, an unhealthy dynamic on the other side then we have no obligation to stay in it we can no, leave it, no right? we don't I mean, that's an important part to we yes. are not obligated to make anyone else feel a certain way good bad and different it's our job to right. make ourselves feel better and heal ourselves and in line with exactly what you're saying like i think it's taking a personal accountability and stock of like right. what am i bringing to the table and is this what i choose Right. So I will share with everyone this story. Um, you know, I'm gung ho and I love doing multiple things and I handle them really well. So there was a point in my life where I was very, very actively involved with many charities, hmm. set on many boards. And I loved, I loved, I loved doing these parties for the children at Child Haven. Hmm. which is a facility for physically and sexually abused and neglected children under six years old. I used to volunteer in the infant room um, every Monday because I own my own company so I could take time out. My employees could do whatever they wanted to do. And I learned a lot of stuff. And so before Christmas, uh, probably like a week, 10 days, we had this lovely man who, George, who looked like Santa Claus, hmm. big dude, white beard, the whole thing, and recruited him. Uh, my ex-husband and I, we would buy all the presents, all the presents for all the kids, wrap them up, and we would buy appetizers and cookies and desserts for the staff and did it every year, right? Mm. And then along the way, I picked up doing a Christmas Day lunch for the homeless women down at Angeline's on 3rd Avenue for the YWCA. Love doing that too, right? And then... I host my sister and the twins and Christmas was just massive. Well, I got to a point where it was all that part was good, but my marriage was coming to an end. Mm. 
Mm. I had fractured my hip rollerblading. So I was on crutches this one Christmas. And I had to cook all the turkeys and the hams and make the gravy and the potatoes, all that stuff for the homeless women. And my sister, her husband, the twins were in town. Mama was there. And uh, my ex's family was coming. So I had dinner to do there, right? And I want everybody to hear, I set it up. I set it up. People pleaser, hmm. right? So here I'm on crutches. For me, everybody has gone to bed. I'm freaking like, I don't know how many turkeys. So I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm being really honest, everyone. There was this weird magical flow that happened in my kitchen. I don't know. I felt the presence of something, but I got everything done by about 9 a.m. I mean, mm -hmm. All the turkeys cooked, all the ham, the gravy, the mushrooms, the stuffing, everything was done. Wow. My girlfriend showed up to help me load up the van and all of that. But there was this heaviness in my heart. Something wasn't right. Mm. And this overwhelming sadness that I couldn't put my finger on. And even now sitting here, it was like so fascinating for me. Mm. Um, and mom had wanted a custard pie. There was a pumpkin pie order. There was a pound cake order, uh, turkey, the whole thing. I made all those simultaneously with the ovens and everything else. So I told the family, turkeys in the oven, you should be ready by the time I come home. Can you guys do a couple of these things, right? Loaded up the van, went and fed all the homeless women, came home, I don't know, maybe three-ish or something. Nothing had been done. Mm. Everybody was like in their own world. Like somehow I figured this out, right? And um, I got dinner done. Everybody had all the things they had asked for. Mm. And that night, I remember having this conversation with God and I said, I'm done. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'm never going to do this again. So I am sorry. I am not celebrating Christmas for a while. Mm. And I hope you forgive me because I can't do this. Yeah. And, you know, I cried. Um, I, I just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe. Like no one cared like what was going on. Everybody was just sitting there waiting for Dolores to come home and take care of everything. And, mm. and everyone, very honestly, I didn't do Christmas for quite a while. Mm. I didn't go to anybody's house. I'm just like, I'm done. There is no Christmas in my vocabulary. It mm. just doesn't exist. Yeah. And it was funny. There was a sadness over here, but not a sadness and not a fear of saying, I'm not doing Christmas. Mm. I'm just not going to do Christmas. I needed to figure out what the heck happened. What had I done and why? So I could fix that part. Mm. Right. And luckily, because I am who I am, I can get very stubborn and very strong when I make a decision. And I didn't waver. I did not waver. Invites came, friends. Sorry, not doing Christmas. Mm. Family. Sorry, not doing Christmas. And they thought I was rude, obnoxious, like cutting off people. No, got nothing to do with you guys. I just don't want to do it until I figure this out. And this is where I think 
I'm going to use an expression. Sometimes you learn how to figure out that you've got to be able to sit in the storm by yourself. I don't care if it's snowing, it's pouring, whatever, but you need to sit in your storm Mm. and fight it out. Because if you walk away one moment too soon, that storm will come back and keep coming back and keep coming back like a goddamn nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so to all the young people that are out there, right, self-awareness of what triggers you is the first step in a journey to understanding what you want to do with the celebrations. Mm. And then really good. Yeah. Right? If you want to celebrate a non-holiday, go for it. You can create your own celebration, whatever it happens to be, because none of us are really, you know, stuck whatever, right? I mean, I don't know if Jesus Christ is going to show up and say the Lord, so we're going to punish you and yeah, I need you to do 95,000 Hail Marys because no. you I caught it Christmas for five years or no. whatever. Right. Right. And I don't think the Buddha is going to show up because I don't celebrate his Visak day. Right. Right. Whatever it is. See, the framework of humanity, going back to our first session, the day you're born is the day you begin to die. Hmm. It's really that simple. And every day you live forward, whether you live for 80 days, 80 years, 80 days, eight days, whatever it happens to be, right? There is a period in your life that you are unconsciously growing up. And I think that's usually from zero to about, you know, 20, 25, depending on whoever, wherever you are at. Mm. After 25, you have to live with open eyes and open ears an open heart for yourself and for wherever you happen to be. Mm. Because if you walk around with closed eyes, closed ears, and your mind is shut off, how can you possibly live a hundred percent life? That's right. That's right. You can't. Can't. Not a hundred percent of your own life anyway, probably someone else's life. Right. I have a question. This is maybe, were you hit as a child? Were you spanked as a child? Yes. Yeah. I, I believe every people pleaser, why majority of humanity are people pleasers is because they were hit as children. It's the ingrained, we're protecting our, we don't want pain. And when the abuse, when the parent who was doing their best struck us as children to correct us and our behavior, we would do anything not to go into that fear-based trauma again. And that's, I think, what creates people pleasing. So I I think, so I might like not agree with you. Okay, I'll tell you what. I don't care, yeah, yeah, yeah. No so, uh, yeah, so it wasn't constant hitting, right? I just want to be really clear. There was one moment when my mom just went nuts. Uh-huh. And one moment that my dad went nuts. But I will have to tell you, I think my people pleasing came from some of the other stuff that we talked about before. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Not, actually good. 
probably maybe where mine came from too. Yeah, good point. Yeah, right. It wasn't that because the one hit hitting session my mother had, and I want everybody to understand this. It was because not of me. I was just the middle person between her and Mumsy and Dad, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was their issue, and I had taken sides. It's really that simple. I wanted to stay with dad. I didn't want to go shopping with mom. Mm. And I mean, how dare you? You're a girl. You got it. You know, like, so she lost it because she wanted me to dress a certain way and go out with her. I really didn't like going out shopping with my mom. I really didn't. I love going out with my dad always because we had a lot of things in common. Yeah. And so she lost it that day. But I have to tell you, I've never really held it against her because I, somehow maybe because I'm an old soul, I figured it out. I'm like, <clears throat> I just happened to be in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then when that incident with my dad happened, and I know folks were going off topic, but I think it's super important. Like well, learn how to so frame people, people pleasers. So I'm curious what you think. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's framing, like really learning how to see the moments that affected you versus framing all the moments and thinking they all affected you. The mm -hmm. one with my dad happened when I was barely 18. And I think he lost it that day. My dad was on a lot of medications, right? Mm -hmm. For health reasons. And he also had a lot of like, I always call him the ancient mariner with the albatross around his neck. And if anybody's wondering, go read Coleridge's poem called the albatross or the ancient mariner. And then you'll figure right. out what I'm talking about. But um, after he did it, I had dressed up, was walking out the door. He was standing at the front door and he did say, I'm really sorry. Because mm. he knew that the moment he lost it had nothing to do with me. Mm. It was a lot of the other things going on. So I've never really held those against my parents. I've held other things against them. Yeah. But the people pleaser for me comes from... Um, not being the wanted child, the last child, the gender that supposedly my mom said she didn't want. Mm. Right. But the interesting thing that I think I did grow up halfway, halfway normal because my dad never made me feel that I was the unwanted child. Mm. He was always there, dude, always there with all sorts of stuff, making me special meals, taking me to all my doctor's appointments, whatever. Right. So, we never should look at the world as black and white. Be able to filter and go back with your memories and don't just hone in on the big memory. Just look at all of your life and say, where did all those moments come from? Mm. And this is where I think sometimes I have concerns with psychologists and all of that. We always just want to put a big freaking wrapper on one thing. Mm. Life doesn't work on one big thing. Right, right. You see, it's all the things that trigger and go on. So... Go ahead. If you want to get mad at your parents, everyone, go for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But realize you're the other 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Is it worth putting that much emotion on it? And I will also tell you when, after I did all that stuff, right? I started doing just Thanksgiving with moms. Mm. So mom and I, and, she, and this is so cool. She was like, okay, you pick the restaurant. You have better taste than me. You're like your dad. You know your food. And we'd go out and have an absolutely famous meal, all yeah. the top restaurants in Seattle that serve Thanksgiving dinner yeah. and we do it. And if I wasn't in town, which I traveled a lot, then, you know, mom had some other kids and it was up to them to figure it out. Not my job to worry about her when I wasn't around, but right. when I was wrong, yes. 
you know. So also having the strength to sit with your convictions and don't wrap guilt when it's not needed. Yeah. And nobody asked you for it. Right. Like that's the thing. You got to wake up and say, did somebody ask me for this guilt? Or am I just doing it all on my own? Because mm. if I am, I can probably stop it. Yeah. Like, unless somebody took your brain out and you've just got a face and nothing up here, then, you know, so be it. But right. if you have a brain, for God's sake, use it to think. Yeah. We can lay blame in everybody's footsteps. Mm. Yeah. But I ain't James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's so it's so good because um, the guilt, the obligation, the holidays, the family structures, the past trauma, unconscious belief systems—all these things that are running everyone's life until we detach, stop, and like you're saying, like look at us, look what we're responsible, look. What our choices are. I'm just thinking through. Um, I think the word is choice. What would I choose to be around? I think I want to give everyone permission to choose. Would you choose to be around and put yourself in the dynamics that you're about to put yourself in? Would you put an innocent child in that? Would you put your, your own children through that again? And if the answer is no, then you don't have to put yourself through it again either. Right. If if it's unhealthy, don't enter it. Create a new, um, create something new. Invite friends. Friendsgiving could be more beautiful than a obligated family Thanksgiving. You know, right? And as you and you probably have also run into people. Well, gee, no one is doing Thanksgiving. No one's invited me. Oh my God, what are you doing then? Yeah, exactly right. That's right. I'm sorry. What? Right. Ah, uh, you got a kitchen. You've got friends. Yep. You can host it. That's right. You see, we get programmed, right? I never, I have to tell you, I once never expected my mom ever to do Thanksgiving. It just wasn't her thing. We, well, she didn't grow up with it. It was right. a very American thing. And my mom was not American, right? Like, she loved eating cranberry sauce, though, I have to tell you. <laughs> That's good. Right? She looked forward to it. But yeah. for her, it was just wasn't a holiday that she would host. Like, it just didn't, you know. Right. And I got that very quickly, that it just wasn't clicking for her. So I never got mad that my mother never did Thanksgiving. No reason to. Why? Right? But I've heard some people in my family bitching and whining about their parent haven't done something. And I'm like, and what are you doing? It's so easy, so easy to spiral, right? Yep, but I think, lines. let's get rid of the word holiday and think about celebration. Is there anything you want to celebrate? If you don't feel like celebrating, ah, whatever. So good. Yep, that's really good. That's really you good. You to. And ask, okay, let's get this frenzy thing about, I want to talk about Black Friday. Oh, my gosh. I used to have to cover Black Friday as a reporter. The, one of the worst Black Friday stories ever as I'm standing out. It was 34 degrees, pouring down rain, 
I get up at two 30 in the morning. I get out there at four in the morning for, um, a Walmart. If you know, this is back in 2005, 2006, and people were just going ballistic nuts and I'm standing just soaking in the rain, watching people go insane over materialism. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. Right. And so I want to kind of go back to that when we first started the pre-pandemic, pandemic, and uh, post-pandemic and kind of yeah. wrap it, you know. So I think things were a little calmer before the pandemic mm. in a psychological framework around the world. Maybe it was tenuous at best. I don't know. But the threads have been cut a lot. To everyone listening, please maybe share this video because it's super important. Let's take it back. Mm. Every freaking of the three billion people on this freaking earth, minus the few CEOs or whatever, we can take it back. And I'll tell you why. There was no mandate attached to your birth certificate about holidays. Right. There's no governance, there is no policy, there is no RCW attached to the holidays, right? So we were jammed for two plus years like this, whatever. And I believe, I believe God was giving us a resting period. God was giving the earth a resting period. I don't know how everybody wants to frame it. And you guys might think I'm a Lulu for what I'm about to say. But you know, when you go into a retreat, we both have done them, right? Yeah. It's a reset moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think what happened, this is my theory. The people who wanted a lot more money and had a lot of need for greed are the people who re did the reset button, mm. not the majority of the human population. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I want every single person here to hear what I'm saying. Yep. You did not do your own reset button. Somebody else did your reset button. So wind back. Things were humming along, whether it's job, economy. Uh, I want to focus on violence, the disconnect between teenagers and all the shit that they're doing right now and parents and all of that. We as the human race have been giving away our permission for the last Three decades. I'm going to take the three decades because I think that's the evolutionary decline. We have slowly been caught up in what the press thinks is important mm. versus what we think is important because money buys space. Yeah. So many uh, mediums highlight stories based on who is buying ads in them. Right. 
We all know that, right? You've been in the media, I've been in the media. That's the truth of how it works. So we've been, been groomed through social media disconnects, through technology disconnects, through phone disconnects, overspend on all of that, you know, Black Friday being part of it, to tell us that how we're living is not good enough. They know how we should be living. So I have a bunch of frat boys sitting in boardrooms yeah. who are deciding for the masses how yeah. we are. And yeah. the sad part, here's the other P, the colonization of the world by America over the last 30 years. All tied back to money. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny, and I'm going to skip a little bit. The DNA of the people who came to America, or all the people who were running away from Europe so they could come here and create a new life and make the money that their ancestors or the royalty had back there that they couldn't get, so they were freaking going to do it here. Mm. The DNA of this country is based on a lot of greed mm. and the need for wealth that they couldn't get in Europe. Fast forward, see where we've been going, mm. right? So when all this evolution happened, while all of us were sitting around, these people were sitting there going, wow, we're going to have to make up a lot of stuff fast when this goes away. Mm. Minds were churning. Things were happening. And adding the politics and all of that, post-pandemic, we've ended up in a horrible place. Right. Mental issues are on the increase. Crime is on the increase. Crime by young people is on the increase. Surprisingly, I was shocked to hear it's happening in Japan too and all around the world. And so while we can talk about all of the holidays, imagine how sad the holidays are. It's you going by with all this carrying through. Yeah. So... I think what we want everybody to do is pull back. Yeah. Stop being brainwashed. Stop buying. Save your sanity. Yeah. And let's get real about being human and what our purpose on this earth is to right. live and what family really means. And, and I think families could be better because if they were thinking that way, they would address it that way. You know, like people who shouldn't have children shouldn't have children. If you don't have time to groom your children as decent human beings and give them the love and the cuddling and the attention they need, look at what will happen to them. Yeah. And you can't excuse their bad behavior. So I think there's a lot of rapper going around and the evolution of what we started out in the ancient days of moving to the village together so we could keep each other safe. Mm -hmm. And we were so joyous that 10 of us lived on the little river or the delta. And, you know, while you're out hunting, I'll take care of your family is safe or yeah. whatever. And then we grew and grew. And then we've got the Roman leaders and how they put things together. And then we had, you know, the, the Vatican. And then we have the big temples. And then we have whatever. The bankers and the banks and yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Right. And then pretty soon the power, because even I think in my growing up time, the wealth wasn't that bad. Mm. Right. The wealth was 
distribution was different. So dear fellow Americans, wake up. We've gone from a majority middle class to a divided society that in a way replicates what was happening in Europe when you all ran away. Yep, that's exactly right. And is this what we wanted to create? I don't think so. No. Right? Who's designing our country? Think about it. Who's designing our country? Amazon? Microsoft? Google? Mm -hmm. Trump? Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, what's that other guy's name I'm thinking about? Uh, you know, well, it doesn't matter, right? Procter and Gamble? Yep. Yep. Who's designing our country? And they're only designing it for one purpose how we can take your money away. Mm -hmm. But here we are looking for love, happiness, joy, um, having a roof over our head, having a meal to eat. Yeah. I mean, the scales don't seem to balance out. Yeah. What is it going to take for humanity and all of us, right, to understand that? Because the whole idea of community and celebration was, let's say you grew sweet potatoes, I had some cauliflower, we came together, and then, you know, the year is ending, the earth is going to lay fallow, and we celebrate, yep. we share. How many people here say, let me feed those who don't? Mm. How many people here who are bitching and whining and complaining have you said, I'll go do this because I've been there. I've done that. I've right. made sacrifices so other people could because I had a lot yeah. and I still do it. Right. And I know that that's when they're all part of me and we're all part of God energy or the spiritual base or the universal uh, atom structure, molecular structure, whatever you want to call it, because even science will tell you the molecular structure is connected with quantum physics and quantum mechanics. Right. So what's going on? I know you have some ideas. We talked about it. So you chat for a moment while I sip my coffee. Well, I think, um, and I want to say I know, there are forces on this earth that are not, that don't consider themselves human. They don't consider themselves fully human. They consider themselves of a bloodline that is not fully endemic and they are the ones they're the they when people say the they they are the they and they intermarry in their own family lines which is why they gave us the stories that kids died a lot early on or lots of kids died at young ages well not kids die at young ages but intermarried bloodline children do die at young ages most often. So they had to have tons of kids to keep the bloodlines going. And they taught humanity their story as our story. So I think humans are always beautiful. You said we want love. We want peace. We want joy. We want, because we're really, really beautiful. But these, I'm going to say beings that are not fully of our bloodline, not the edemic bloodline, they can't create. They're not creators. They're not made in the image of the creator. Therefore, they can only take from 
us who do create and siphon our energy, our time, our resources, our money, and they've made us all slaves. The world is, we are in a slave prison. The earth is a big work camp. I mean, it costs to, you will die. If you don't work, you die. You can be homeless for a little bit, but they die. They get sick. I mean, if there's no government, we can't even live on this earth for free. That's what the earth is right now. And humans, I 100% agree. You have to wake up. You have to, we have to detach. We have to say no. The minute it's like the movie, um, uh, the movie Ants, all the grasshoppers come in and are like bullying the ants and the ants are just like the workers and doing the thing. But there was way more ants. The minute the ants say no, there's way more of us. We are, this is our earth. This is our world. We are the tillers of the garden and the tenders of the flocks. And because we're good and kind and we've been taken advantage of for a very long time, traumatized, manipulated, uh, and we are wake. People are waking up right now. I think the intelligence that we are fighting against or waking up from also knows we're waking up. So they'll give us pseudo, like, "Oh, you're waking up. Good. I'll catch you here. I'll catch you here." They they know. So we it's our job to detach fully. And I think one of the best books I've read for people to like, how do I do that? Read the Surrender Experiment. I mean, not, well, that's a good one. Um, the untethered soul, the same author, the untethered soul says, if we're all in a movie theater and like we're watching a movie and you forget that you're in a theater with a hundred other people and dirty seats and you're like, when's the last time it's been clean until someone coughs or sneezes. And then you remember, you kind of wake up, you're like, well, I am actually in a movie theater right now with people he said, it's the same thing with our consciousness. When we can snap out of this movie that we're in and actually look at we are the ones observing the reality this isn't reality we're observing we are the one observing that i think is the first key to waking up that whether it's our family structures holidays work media advertising sports the bread and circus you know they how did they keep the the people from revolting in rome they gave them the bread and circus you keep giving them a free bread and go to the Coliseum and watch whatever football. I mean, it wasn't football then, but this is what, you know, NFL, NBA, rock stars, musicians, Taylor Swift. Oh, now Taylor Swift is d- dating Kelsey from the NFL. So now they're trying to merge their, they are giving us the bread and circus there. T- and what, did, what does Taylor Swift give us or the NFL give us nothing? It takes from us. Everything it takes our time, our money, our resources. And then we feel a little bit better for a second. So I agree that we must wake up because humans are beautiful. We are, we've been traumatized and and abused and taken advantage of and hurt and scared and, and tricked. But like you're saying, it's time we wake up. And we can't live through a moment of TV or music. That's right. Like, you can't live through something else. You have to live at yourself. That's you see, right. there is the, the fine line, living through football, living through a movie. Yep. Yep. Those are the things that you can watch, but you can't live through them. Right? right? 
the only time you're fully alive is when this and this and your gut, the three core points are right. connected. That's right. Your universities, your primary schools, your secondary schools are not going to teach you that. Right. Sadly, a lot of parents are not teaching you that. And you're going to have to find this from the outside. Right. Right. And there are so many more people like you and I who are trying to step in and say, we may not be sexy. We don't have the multi-million dollar budget. But the thing that they don't have that we have is the pureness of our heart to say, we want the human race. We want every single person we see yeah. to be happy. And if your family doesn't make you happy, walk away. Because you either on both sides don't have the skills to figure out how to solve it, so it's okay. Right. Don't even bang yourself over the head and say, I don't have the skill. If you don't have the skill set, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Because somewhere along the way, you might grow. And if you don't, you don't. You can come back on another journey and do it again. But don't give your permission away to an artificially created entity or environment or product or person. Right. I mean, if I could name some more things, I'd name them all out. Right. right? And it's very, very critical for the well-being of future generations. And hoping everybody who is in their 40s and 30s is also listening. And understand your role as parents. Yes. You are the generation with the most knowledge and education. Who are functioning with the least mindfulness about your children. Understand that your children are the future generation. And while we may blame the boomers for all we want in our wealth, that has nothing to do with anything. What it has to do with, maybe we were given more things by our parents, so we had the drive. Yeah. You are now the parents that can give your children that drive. Right. You are the folks that can understand how your children will feel around celebrations. Right. So good. Because to put a wrapper, as we wrap up, right, because we're yeah. close to time, yeah. Yeah. is that separate everything and ask yourself one question is this a celebration i want to be a part of yes no if it's a yes go forth if it's a no very simply tell people i'm opting out of this celebration i need a break you don't have to give a whole long story dance whatever create a movie around it just step away until you figure it out and let their emotions be their emotions own your own emotions. Don't shred them all over the place and dump them on other people. Own it. That's right. Because that's really what matters. So good. Thank you. This was good. This was good. Um, I can't wait for, we're going to do another uh, podcast here very soon. So thanks for coming on. This is really beautiful. Yeah. And everyone, whichever way you celebrate, go forth and enjoy yourself. Hmm. Well, Dolores, thanks so much for coming back again. I love doing these episodes with you. Everyone, I just send you love and peace, joy and goodness during this time. 
May you find the blessing to celebrate however and with whomever you choose. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com. Thank you.